MMA Roadshow, episode number 431. My name is John Morgan, and cold coffee is with me here in a steaming hot <laughs> summertime Las Vegas. International Fight Week is coming, and I'm telling you, if y'all are making the trip to Las Vegas, y'all best get ready. We warned you about the traffic. Now we're giving you a heads up on the weather because summer is finally here. It's finally here. This week we're finally. Uh, what did you say the time? It's been two hundred and two, two. It was. A, it's a record in terms of recorded history in Las yeah. Vegas. Two hundred and ninety-one consecutive days without reaching a hundred degrees. Um, and I believe that ends tomorrow, if not today. If I not think, today, I yeah. think today we bet. I, if we didn't get it today, which I think we did, it's going to be tomorrow. But yeah, we're we're now getting ready to go through a stretch culminating in this Saturday, and I think it's Sunday. It's either Friday and Saturday. Both days are supposed to be 110, or it's Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, Saturday Saturday 110. I'm looking at one here that says Sunday and Monday, 113. That's fucking crazy. It's That's that even time. higher than what the news was yesterday. That's how that shit just it's changes. that time. You know, it's, yeah. as, as much as, you know, a 15-year resident of Las Vegas, as much as I like to champion about living here in Las Vegas. I mean, speaking of champions, the city of champions, city by of the champions. way, the home uh, of the reigning – National Hockey League champions, the Vegas Golden Knights here. I almost said Las Vegas Golden Knights. I would be skewered for that. Uh, but no, during the summertime, I will say it does get to you know that July and August stretch where literally if you turn on your uh, your news at, at night and see your weather report, it's just like 115 over 90, 115 over 90, yep. 115 over 90 for a whole consecutive week. Well, that being said, right now it's supposed to be 98 degrees. I think we did hit the 100 threshold here, but what did we say as soon as we walked out of the apex? Felt because there was good. a breeze. It felt pretty felt good. Felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, if it's not high noon where the sun's completely beating down, if you could find a piece of shade, find a piece of shade, it feels a lot better. But if you have a breeze, it doesn't feel bad. Right. I mean, unlike places where any other place in the States where you have humidity, you could have the greatest breeze ever, and you don't get away from it. You nope, just still the, hot. The sweats just just dripping everywhere. But it felt pretty good. Like it didn't actually feel, which makes me feel good going into what's getting ready to be triple digit yes, uh, season. Yes, feels sir. good to think that okay, we haven't lost it completely. You know, you still got that 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 summer skin on you. Um, but I say that before we've had a, a crazy oh, stretch of hundred days or get something ready before for next week. I, w- I will. I will say I wish it could have waited maybe like one more week because if we would have had a nice kind of mild international fight week because the schedule next week is going to be crazy. There's so much stuff going on in Las Vegas and I love it, man. It's a lot of fun, but it's just all that running around and it's you know burning hot and yeah. You so. don't want to be standing outside. Like. No, no, no. You don't want to be waiting in line. That's the thing. It's like oh, you're waiting in line brutal. to get into the arena or into yep. the convention center or into yep. the, wherever it may be. That's a little bit rough. That's when I mean. That's when we definitely say. I mean, it's one thing to get there early, uh, but it's not general admission. I mean, we get there early, but usually there's places we could tuck into the like yeah. the shade. But for the actual general general entry, depending on what time of the day, the shadow doesn't stretch that far past the entrance. Yep. So don't get there too early because then you're just gonna be killing yourself because you're Bake. gonna be staying out in the sun, and then Bake. you're just gonna be an absolute wreck because, you know, sun poisoning is a real thing. And like if you're sitting out there and you get dehydrated, the last thing you want to do is be dehydrated mm. and then go sit in an arena. Uh, drinking more beers, dehydrating say, yourself more. Especially when you're having some frosty yeah. beverages it's, it's and you're bad, dehydrated. It's bad. That's when you start it's, seeing people fall. It's a bad falling. story, yeah, and, which is always terrible. So, um, you know, as much as we joke about how we're happy to get back in the sun, I mean, you definitely still have to watch it. And, yeah, so so some of the events, if you do come out here and it is an early or if it's a day where there's going to be sun, don't show up too early. Um, find one of the bars, which there are plenty of plenty right of. there in the area, and uh, just go there last minute because your seat's already good to go. Um because it's brutal. It's it's easy to think that, oh, I got this. I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it catches up to you. Same thing when I did the boxing thing recently. 
it wasn't that it wasn't that crazy heat, but it was just sitting in the sun. And the next thing you know, I started seeing people just dropping. And then it gets scary because I yeah, mean, yeah. once your body gets to that point where it's that affected, you gotta you gotta seek immediate help. Yep. I mean, you gotta really hydrate and you gotta watch because at that point, it's easy for some people, especially if you're drunk, you're like, oh, let me just get to some shade here, get me another beer, I'll feel better. Shit can go really really yeah. bad. So you gotta be smart about it. And so you gotta have good wingmen or wingwomen with you, um, or you have to listen to a great podcast like this where we give you tips. <laughs> we give you the tips give you for tips. surviving. Stay hydrated. So don't get there too early. <laughs> don't stand in the sun. Don't drink too much beer. Have have some water with your beer. And then uh, – Yeah, we're getting old. We're being responsible about stuff. <laughs> but as I was just telling you earlier about how I drove uh, a little too drunk uh, on my, on yeah. my birthday. But, uh, yeah. Wait, wait, baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. Baby steps of, of growth <laughs> and responsibility. I'll tell you what. I, uh, past weekend, just uh, got back from Canada. Did Speaking of uh, getting away from the hot temperatures, still kind of nice out there on the uh, Atlantic coast, man. Did a show uh, out in uh, New Brunswick. Thanks to uh, the folks at Fight League Atlantic. Uh, great promotion out there. Really appreciate working with them. Uh, we had nine fights on the night, and we had eight finishes, man. That's so that, awesome. Yeah, it made it fun. Uh, it was my fourth show working with the organization, fourth show uh, calling fights with my man Chris Kalaitis, the uh, former M1 champ, the UFC veteran as well. So we've done four shows together, so now that's kind of – you start getting a little rhythm a little bit, kind of yeah. know, know when each other's coming in, when they're – you know, what they're kind of leading up to. So it was fun. But We'll get there someday. One of these days we'll get it figured <laughs> out. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of funny because, you know, a lot of people after the show were like, hey, man, I thought you guys sounded really good tonight. You know, people that are watching, whatever. I'm like, dude, if you can't call a fight with eight finishes out of nine fights and make it entertaining, you probably should yeah. not be calling fights anymore. So, yeah, because then the fights are doing the work for exactly. you. Exactly. It, it was it was just as easy as it could get, man. The fights are doing all the work for you. So, That's awesome. um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see out there. Like I said, it's a bunch of bunch of youngsters and kids and 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 guys that couldn't fight during the pandemic, and you know, so their careers kind of got stunted a little bit, you know. But because of that, they've been kind of just pent up and ready to throw down man so yeah. that they're really doing is the pandemic over Ke- kevin kevin lee i think i think he's not quite sure if the ufc knows that it's over right? kevin lee was not happy about fighting in the ufc apex of course we just got done with media day for ufc on espn 47 <laughs> the main event will be sean strickland and abus magomedov or is that how you say it? Uh, yeah or if uh I guess it's Abu if you're Abu. if you're Sean Strickland. <laughs> he kept saying that. I didn't understand who he was talking about because I was like, "Who's this Abu dude?" He keeps, and I was like, "He can't be talking about his opponent, right?" Yeah, I always, to be honest, when he was fighting, when uh, Magomedov was fighting in the other organizations, I always thought it was Abus. To be honest with yeah. you, but uh, I've heard the pronunciation as uh, Abus, Abus, Abus. Uh, so I want to get that right. But yeah, Kevin Lee was not exactly uh, thrilled, and I thought it was kind of funny, right? Because Kevin Lee, I think Kevin Lee was one of the people. We were most excited to speak to today. I think most people were were most fired up to hear from and just kind of find out where his head was at. And uh, really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I think that it was uh, – I I mean, it really did to me at least feel like a more mature Kevin Lee, like a guy that kind of wants to be a little bit more reserved, you know, that's not really trying to be a big talker and, and, you know, more considered in the things he's saying and not trying to be boisterous and loud and all those things. I shouldn't even say loud, just boisterous. You know what I mean? Not yeah. trying to be braggadocious that's, or whatever. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking. Um, but uh, but then uh, somebody asked him if he was kind of disappointed to be uh, fighting in the apex, and he basically <laughs> did not hold back. He was not only did he say like you know he was like well yeah yeah I am you know but not only did he say yeah I am and 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 say uh, you know well I, I would prefer to be fighting in a full Friend, arena crowds, you know what I mean yeah. I missed I missed that I needed the energy <laughs> he was just like. This is stupid. What are we yeah. doing fighting in the Apex? What, what are we doing? Does somebody not know the pandemic is over? Yeah. 
Whereas we're always like, dude, I love the fast internet. It's easy to drive from the house. I mean, but honestly, like, we're going to be at the event regardless. So, like, I'm not looking at the fight card. I know we always talk about people talk about the fight card quality. You can't be you can't be mad having Kevin Lee and making his return on an Apex card for somebody that likes to shit on an Apex card, and especially the guy that he's fighting against. Um, but, yeah, it was just – it was, it was kind of surreal and it was kind of interesting to hear. But it's funny because I feel like we – We've lately had so much discussion always just about the fact of like, oh, you know, just the level of fights that are getting put together. But it was just kind of funny to have somebody out of the blue kind of bring up the whole pandemic thing because it, for so long it was like yeah. the word, the word that was always being thrown. But right. I feel like nobody said it for a while because we, we are beyond it. it yeah, you know? yeah. And then for him to bring it up, it was just kind of like, oh, that's that's definitely one way to throw it back at the guy that's uh, the guy that's running a company that's been like, dude. I'm a bit, I've been over this pandemic shit forever, and it's like, you know, hey, you know. But he makes a good point. I mean, it is money. I mean, they save money on the production. I mean, the production's in-house. They have multiple broadcasts that are able to come out of that one venue, um, and it is a money sort of play. I mean, oh, it's it a huge easy. money play. It I saves mean, on saves operations. So it saves on travel right. for the whole staff. Um, can you imagine, you know, trying to sell tickets for this? Because while What did he say at the end? He's like, instead of fighting in front of, like, 200 rich people. Yeah. Like some, some <laughs> He's like, like these 200 rich people. It is true. I mean, I will say that is one thing that I wish they could have. Because you and I are definitely in the minority in that we don't mind the Apex shows that much. And again, it's I think part of it really falls to just our own convenience, to be That's honest with you. 100%. But I completely understand why they want to do it as, uh, as yeah. an organization. Because if you said the financial savings, plus the fact that, like, look, yeah. you don't have to worry about selling tickets to this card. Which it would be a challenge yeah. to sell tickets to this card. I mean... You know, I don't think you want to parade Sean Strickland around to the local radio DJs and try to, you know, hawk tickets or whatever. Most definitely do not put him in front of a mic. Don't do that. So, so that would be a challenge. But I do wish they would change the environment a little bit. I mean, there's no question that the Apex is going to be a permanent fixture. So anybody that's yep. saying, man, they got to get away from the Apex. Like, they did not invest a lot of money in that place to not do events there. They're going yep. to do events there. But I do hope they get to it. And you'll remember, man, we were around during the construction. We were around during the opening. They said that, man, we think we can fit this thing out with like 750 or 1,000 people. And, you know, on fight nights, there's just, a, you know, maybe 200 people tops. Yep. But there's so much floor space that's not right. being used. I mean, they could absolutely build it out. And, it, and, and you know, to Kevin Lee's point about the rich people, those tickets are like $1,500 a piece, yeah. man. And, and great, it's all you can eat and all you can drink. But you got to all you can eat and all you can drink a lot to get $1,500. And yeah. it is, look, if you can afford it, I've, I've, look, I know some people that have paid to go there, and I know some people that uh, will that say it's the coolest experience I've ever had. You know, I've been to a UFC event before, but, you know, never am I – three feet away from the fighters like I, I can shake their hand i can take pictures with every single person that walks out of the octagon i can hear the coaches like there is something cool about yeah. the experience i just wish there was a way to make it open to more people and look, just like we got done talking about last week i mean and let's open it up for the families yeah. you know what i mean and my understanding is they are still trying to expand the seating in there it just seems like it's taken an awful long time yeah and you know we've seen people i remember when they've done vip packages at like the big arenas and stuff when i still used to work for the ufc like i remember um, when the fighters would do some of the rivals at the at the venue they would kind of go and do this walk through through the floor they'd walk into the the arena they'd walk into the octagon they'd kind of get be able to get their feet sort of you know matted into the ground you know you kind of see them warming in and then you would see the vip people come mm -hmm. in there and, and they would walk through that 
But that's all they got to walk through. They come in, they have their little area, whatever, where they had their stuff set up, and then they walk through the octagon, that's it. But at the apex, those guys have to be getting like a killer behind the scenes tour oh, yeah. that is even more immersive than what they are getting at like the venue. So I can I get it where, you know, if it's a pay per view and there's crazy card, I can see where somebody's paying mad money for VIP uh, to go through it. But I think if somebody's spending sort of the equivalent or maybe even less money on a VIP package, they're getting more value for their VIP dollars going through an Apex show. True. Just in terms of if you like the behind-the-scenes uh, view of what how the UFCs right. ran. Because I think you're going to see more here. You're going to see the back rooms. You're going to get to see the gym that they train in during the thing, which now they can say, hey, this is where the tough show was filmed. That's you right. know, um, They get to see like the VIP lounges. There's different little areas where I think for somebody that's going to spend that money, they got to be like, cool. And for somebody that's that diehard, yes, the card is part of the factor, but I think the other factor is just being part of the UFC environment yep. in that show. You you're, can insert you're, you're fighter, part whatever. of the show at that point. Exactly. I mean, so it's kind of, it's kind of, it's neat and it's cool. Um, so I think it's kind of neat for that sort of thing, but easily, I know we talked last week, you know, the, the risers could be bigger, yep. you know, why not use that giant space in the back that why not fit that out to be? I mean, granted, they'd have to do a whole sort of remodel that they've done. Where the where the the, the octagon is set up now in the uh, in the apex, there's that's just one small sectional room. On the back side of that wall goes into a much larger storage area mm-hmm. where we used to have other stuff. If Massive. they could have ever built that out back when um, the tent used to fail when there was bad weather. When uh, this goes back to the apex, when we used to always talk about how they'd have the big tent behind the apex, where we would have the, our. And this was during the height of the pandemic, where height we had to pandemic. stay out of the building. And when we first started going to the apex, you know, that's where that's where we lived. When that got really shitty, they would bring us indoors to this back area, and we only took up a fraction oh, of this space. It's like an airplane hangar it's in there. Ginormous. It's huge. So I don't know why they didn't at one point just say. Just build it out. Just take the time to build it out and then decide, okay, what show do we want to have and have there be the option A and then have option B. I know that they did talk about, you know, they wanted to build the the, the facility out to uh, maintain multiple shows. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if part of the factor is like, okay, well, maybe the storage that's equate, you know, say then they had the skate show or say they have whatever show, maybe they need that backspace for storage or be able to bring set pieces in that they didn't want to build a full build out in that back area. There that. has to be some particular reason. Cause I wondered why they didn't. Um, but it still makes sense to me that they could have built out a complete different sort of setup, depending on how big they wanted the crowd to be for an apex show. But in terms of like, just making immediate moves to build out and have more space. They have the room there. They mm-hmm. definitely have the space there. They've just decided either it's just not worth the effort right now because ultimately I think just like Daniel wants to get out of there and go to these other places, I think when they're now facing that idea of, okay, do we need to make the steps and make the changes to increase capacity at the apex now or do we just find another damn location? So on some of those shows, now we're starting to see the fight nights go and pop up in other different locations. At the Virgin Las Vegas. At the Virgin Las Vegas. and then Or just go on the road somewhere. Right. I mean, if, Dave, Dave, if Dana had his druthers, I mean, they'd be on the road every week. But 
That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I, I think the big thing to take out of this is that I get it, man. A lot of people want to gripe about the Apex shows, but what you need to realize is the Apex shows are not going away. There's a reason that the, yep. the, the building was purchased. There is a significant amount of infrastructure that has been built into there, yep. right? I mean, the control room that they have there, everything. There's a lot the of money. The just fantastic. It's, it's incredible. Yep. So everything has been – a lot of money has been invested. It's not going away. But what you – if you really – if it bothers you so much and you really want to see something different and you want to see something better, I think what you have to do is figure out, you know, what would make it better. And I just think more people in there. And then, yeah. I mean, and this is silly, but then, then nobody would ever know this, like, if they hadn't been in there. But And this might be part of the reason they haven't been able to expand it. Like, you will need, like, more bathrooms, for instance. Like, if you have more yep. people, and there's, there's, like, one bathroom that's available to the public. There are other bathrooms, yep. but those are, like, the locker rooms and for the right. staff and all that for stuff. The public, so one bathroom. There's literally so one three, bathroom that three has – stalls. Two of them being like they have shitters and then one one stand up pisser. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So imagine if you're trying to fill it like a thousand seat yeah. arena and there's three stalls. And everyone's using that. Everyone. I went from the media room going in there and I have the cut man running in there. Yeah. Or you have the ref that's gonna, yep. that that just got up there. I'll see Herb Dean. I'll see whatever. Oh yeah. So that's how crazy that it is, of sharing space. And yep. That you know, and if you multiply that by two, even times two. It's that harder for them to get in there. It's just ridiculous. Luckily, I know of like a the 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 headquarters or the the um the one that there's a restroom upstairs yeah. that the office people use. That if it's bad downstairs, oh, do you sneak up, up there? I'll go upstairs. Oh, look at you! But if we didn't know these people, VIP. I would never go. Look I would that, never do VIP. it because when I go up there, I run into people that are actually in like uh, the broadcast booth right, and right. some of the other stuff like that, and like so they're like, oh hey, whatever, whatever. But like, yeah, if, if random like uh fan went up there i'm sure they'd be like you're Sir? not supposed to be <laughs> up here you know and it's, and now that too um so when we were leaving media day today they were busting down some of the tables and they were getting ready to set it up for the nfl what is it draft stuff or nfl super uh, bowl super, super bowl because so, the super bowl is going to be here in february right. and so they're having like weekly committee meetings Commit- and stuff. so some of the empty space that's upstairs near where this bathroom is is NFL space. Yep. So now it's even probably more obscene if like a regular fan would go upstairs because then they're like, you're not just running into UFC staff that you shouldn't be seeing. You might be running into NFL <laughs> personnel that they definitely don't want That's to see. That's what they really yeah. care about. They're the ones they're going to tell you. All right, let's get the official pronunciation here, by the way. I pulled this up, so I want to make sure I don't get it wrong for the rest of the time. Let's go. It? Wait. Oh, oh, wait. Oh. Got to turn Nick. the volume. Wait, wait, where are we at? Oh. Producing on the air. What are we doing? Oh, why am I getting the – why am I getting the uh, – uh, what are you getting a wheel, spinning wheel? Oh, I'm getting a, uh, what, what do you call it, the Siri or the, the assistant? My name is Abus Magomedov. Abus. My name is Abus Magomedov. Abus. Abus, there you go. So I used to call him Abus. So I, but Abus. Abus, pretty close. <laughs> All right, Strickland, <laughs> we take that back, dog. You just got to add those. On the end of it. Sean Strickland was bust. All right, so Kevin Lee, we'll see if that ruffles any feathers. I, you know what's funny is like I, – I don't I, think it will. I hope not because like that that scene, there always seemed to be this underlying tension between yeah. uh, him and, and management. And, yeah. you know, here he is. He's back. And I'm like, oh, uh, God, I was like, please don't put him in the doghouse already. I think you're 100% right, though, with like the maturity level. There was definitely something different. I don't know if it's the time away. It's the potential of maybe – not thinking or thinking that you're not going to get back into like the 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 highest level of MMA. Mm-hmm. There was something different today, a 100. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I think you're right. I think it's maturity. I think it's maybe if gratitude, if there was a little bit of gratitude in there, I think seeing his brother doing so well and just putting in perspective, like he's doing his life path, I'm doing my life path, you know, and this is what I'm all in for, you know, this itch to fight or whatever. But there was something different. Um, 
and I appreciate. But we'd seen that before. From sure. the, it wasn't like it was always just like, hey, I'm the shit every time. You know that we'd see him, but. Yes, there was a lot less ego present that it felt in the in the conversation, or a lot less like, no, watch me, watch what I'm gonna do, watch what I'm gonna do. It was, just, it, was it was a guy that definitely seemed like he was grateful to be there and perform back in front of the UFC fans. Well, when I think about Kevin Lee, like you know, we were talking last week about like Macy Barber, right? There's so many people that don't yep. like Macy Barber, but you know, here she was, 20 years old, she fucking showed she, up, just a, you know what I mean? Oh, she looked amazing last Dude, week, man. What a, I look what, like a fucking champ making that pick on that one. 100, percent man, she looked, so looked phenomenal. But, you know, a lot of people didn't like her because she came in and she had the swagger. She talked and she had it. But, again, she's a kid. She's legit a kid. A legit kid. And Kevin Lee was not that much older when he first started getting thrust in the spotlight. And yep. he really got tagged by the UFC as, like, hey, here's one of our next guys. Yep. Like, so we're going to push this guy. And I think Kevin, you know, kind of fed into that a little bit as well. Was like, hold on, they're giving me the push. Now I got to be the performer as well. I mean, this is the height of the Conor McGregor era, right? Like Nine man, years it, ago. It's crazy, right? Like he's coming out there trying to think. You know, Fucking came in against Al Iaquinta. It's crazy. That's who, he's, that's who his first UFC fight was against. That's crazy. Dude, man. that's gnarly. That's absolutely gnarly. Well, he is a uh, he is an underdog here against uh, Renat Fakhradinov. Um Oh, should I go get the hat? Uh, which, which hat? What do you, do you not remember Renat and his post fight like two oh, post yeah. fights ago? I was like, I asked, I asked him about his his hat, you know, and uh, he, how it was special. And he's like, I'm gonna bring all you guys the hat back. So when he came back the next time, I kind of forgot all about it. Yeah, and then yeah. he started bringing. It, he was like, and he's like, last time, you know, one of you was asking about the hat, you know, or whatever. So I, I wanted to give, and I was like, wait, I think that was me. And he's like, yeah. You here, <laughs> and I was like, I so totally it's, it's sitting in the that. office in there. So. That's hilarious. So yeah. uh, I mean, so I guess you're bound to to go. Well, you didn't have to make a pick because they're on the prelims, right? I didn't, but uh, I think I did. We we still had to make a pick, and I think I did pick him. Yeah, he's. I think I just had fight. questions about Kevin going going into 170, and I just and plus two. I, I guess I kind of homered, but Renat's well, the real. Him, that's the real deal, dude. He's he's bad. Not you gave him the Portuguese. Hold on, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wait, uh, oh. Ah, I'm terrible at this. Hi, my name is Renat Gladiator. Renat, I totally did the Brazilian. <laughs> do it again, do it. My name Renat Gladiator Fahreddinov. Fahreddinov. Okay, now hold on. Here's one thing that gets me about so this. So he definitely did the Renat. Here's I definitely did the Brazilian. Didn't you did, realize you gave I did the Renat. <laughs> There's one thing about these pronunciations, though, that they give me. So he says his nickname is. Gladiator. Gladiator. Like, gladiator. Yeah. So we. So does that mean? I mean, if we're gonna nail it by the way they say it, then does that mean that, that, that they have to say gladiator? So Bruce Buffer, <laughs> not gladiator. <laughs> Fucking it off. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, listen, that's that, gonna be a good one though. That is. That is a good. I one. think that, a lot of people are gonna be really looking at Kevin just to see how he is, and I think his mindset. You know, I think it's one thing to see him calm and cool right now, but then. Uh, you know, it might not be a bad idea to start without a crazy crowd. Maybe the crazy – if he had a crazy crowd, would get his emotions too riled up or, or something. I mean, different team. I think the last time we saw him in the UFC, he was still working with the Extreme Couture and, like, Denny um, – not Denny. Uh, dude, that fucking Strickland reamed. Uh, Dewey Cooper. Dewey. Yeah. Well, Strickland just went off on Dewey Cooper. He was like, it's going to be awkward when we see him. We might find him like, yeah, bro, you just kind of really shed on him. Is it, that he was it is going to be awkward. <laughs> it is going to be very awkward. You know he's at your gym. Like, where's the gym loyalty, bro? Like, I don't get it. Like, if you know you're going to see somebody, whether you think they're great, whether you think they're whatever, isn't there anything inside you? There's any, nothing 
voice in the back of your head that says, should I just not say that thing if I'm going to have to see this person? Well, it was so funny because right before he's like, y'all are going to make me go there, aren't you? Y'all are going to make me go there. And nobody's no. saying anything. Like, literally, everybody's just like. Maybe he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to the voices. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking to the voices. Oh, that makes total so sense. So they were now. actually answering. They're like, we're going to do it, Sean. You better do it. You better oh say it, Sean. He's like, you're going to make me do it. Yeah, we are, Sean. Yeah, we are. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's the perfect explanation. He's like, y'all going to make me go there. And he hears it in his head. Like, yes, Sean. Yes, Sean. You must go there. I dare you. I dare you to say it, Sean. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like, yeah, it's like and the then voices he went, in Westworld. Or something. He went <laughs> off on he went off on Vittori. If you guys haven't listened, I mean it's on it's on Junkie. You could find how, it on how the long did he go today? Twenty uh, something minutes. It was roughly twenty ish minutes. Yeah. yeah, he he went to his routine today. And but he did rip on some people. Ripped on Vittori. Ripped on Vittori, Dewey Cooper. Dewey Cooper. Um, ripped he, ripped on Abu a little bit. On Izzy ripped on the German fans. Ripped on Izzy. Said he wants a shot at Izzy. Ripped on um, <laughs> that poor yeah, kid. Yeah, dude. He's, what was the whole thing about? Yeah, he the whole thing about Izzy, and he's like, he's like, you ever seen that skit where he says like, look at my black skin? I was like, no, I've never seen that yeah, skit. Yeah, like, that must be I don't old. think it exists. I mean, or it has to was, be from the fact when that he was kickboxing over in China, like he yeah. carried the Chinese flag at times, and I think like you know he like tried to re- not represent himself as one of the people, but was just like thankful for the opportunity to compete there or whatever and try to support the people or whatever. And that's but I never heard him say culture anything. too. I mean, like, culture. I mean like if you're over there and they want you, they want to see pride in their country, what's a better way to get them to completely love you than to say I'm like, I'm one, yep. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. I'm carrying you know? your flag. But nobody takes fairness, it seriously. Didn't he later then? Okay. Didn't he, didn't Sean then later go, you know what I hate? I hate when people go to a new country and they don't represent that new country. That's you. He, he literally just contradicted himself. He's like, what is Adesanya doing representing himself as, as part of China? And then later on he goes, you know what I hate? When people move to America and they say, I'm from so-and-so. No, you're from here. You're yeah. in America. You need to represent your new Repre- country. Represent that new place. Carry that flag. See? Oh, see, Sean's, Sean's just out here just saying stuff. How long was that? He was – you know, and it's funny because it, he just – it's like he immediately switched. It didn't even like he finished really railing in one area. It felt like in his mind he was like, come on, I can get some more in before this interview's over. I can pick some new groups. 25 minutes. 25 minutes and 54 seconds. But roughly, I guess that's what the logo at the end. So it's roughly, yeah, 25 and a half minutes, something like that, where he literally went off on so many groups where it felt like before maybe he went longer. He went off on fat chicks. Uh <laughs> Uh, Put women back in the kitchen. Oh my god, that, that was one, uncomfortable. That was super uncomfortable. You know, we give them, we give them voting rights. The next thing new, they try to vote out alcohol and blah 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 and this this this. Yeah, we shouldn't have allowed women to vote. Yeah, we need them back in the kitchen. Something. I felt like that I mean, was. I feel like he's said so, something close to that before, but today it felt harder. Like he went more. Here's in Here's what's it. interesting: is there is I think it's maybe because the legislature is trying to take <laughs> rights away from women. There is. Oh gosh. There is something interesting to be said, not about putting women back in the kitchen, but about developing a family. Like, for instance, myself and my wife, when we when we had a kid, we made a decision. Look, I will work. I will oh, pay yeah. for everything. You stay home so that we have somebody with our kid at all times. We have somebody that's in, you know, like, uh, that's able to help out with the schoolwork and the yeah. homework. And there's always somebody taking them to school and always somebody picking them up from school. Not we're trying to, you know, but that was a luxury we had and a decision we made. And I don't think a lot of Americans have that choice because everything right. is so expensive. They need both incomes to survive. Now, is there an interesting discussion about, like, he was like, you know, TikTok's raising our kids now and, and, and the, the family 
unit isn't the way it used to be because everybody's both working and the kids right. home by themselves. And there is something to be said for that. Uh, and, and there is a dis- you know there is a depth of discussion I think to maybe have about, but the answer is not. So put the women back in yeah. the kitchen, like, dude. I, I just, I mean, there definitely seems like lately, and even well, maybe it's, I feel like it's been more so, but I think probably since Trump was president or whatever, there's been more of this like conservative push to get back to what they call like traditional roles, yeah, where the men work and then the women stay at home and raise a family. Right. Um, it's just been crazy, and then it's just like it's been almost—it's almost now like this, just this crazy flag that some people just bring back up, you know. And they're just like, you know, fuck the fact that if a woman wants to, yeah, work and have something, and a woman might have a better-paying job yeah, than yeah. you, and just well, out smoking, it's like, like, but you, you, you feel like no, she should be your like your property. Yeah, that's trash. Because like, like, there's a there's the it, could, it could totally be the other way around. Like I'm saying, like, I'd it love could be to like, have a great woman just taking take care. I'll fucking I, I can cook the shit out. Of I some cook shit. better than my wife does, <laughs> man. I like, I like I can be a kept man. I'm telling you, man, if she can get but that I job. But I do like working. And yep. if somebody has talent and has passions and something, you should be there to support. Yeah. Support them and nurture their, their 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 dreams and their goals. And if that either means by financially helping them by you either being the breadwinner and creating something that they can do something or let them fulfill their passion, let them do whatever, and then you guys have two incomes, like what the fuck's wrong with two incomes? Like two incomes when did that become good. when two did that become like good. a bad thing? You no, know, two incomes is nice. It's just makes can, can make life a little easier. I think it just goes back to that that like People with like want to have ownership. They want to take ownership of women. They want to take ownership of their bodies and what they're able to do with it. And I think they also want to be like, just be, sit down, be quiet, be pretty. Right. Work in the kitchen, make me food, whatever. I'm gonna go work and I'm gonna come back, you know. But you're my property. There's like this conservative, crazy push. Like I get it. If a, I, I see, you know, now trying to enter the dating scene again, like oh, looking like oh. on the dating apps and oh, stuff. You open out there. You again? see, you see that shit. We didn't have this discussion. I didn't I know, know you're breaking well, I'm news. I'm trying. I'm just trying, but I'd like to date. The, the the scene is fucking changed, dude. <laughs> like, cause you'll you'll see like the key phrases, like the people say shit, like you know, oh, I'm looking for a man that has traditional values. You know, get back to the traditional roles, which is key for just saying them saying take like they, they want to take care of me. <laughs> Everybody just wants to fucking be taken care of. I'm like, that's cool and that's great. But I'm like, bro, I can barely take care of myself. I'm like, but we can we can have a partnership. We can try to build something together. Like, that's kind of more what I'm into. But it's like, if you just want me to pay for you to do whatever, I'm like, ah, I'll just be fucking single. Just spend my money on me. And like, fuck it, you know. But I get it. But you just see some more of that stuff. And, 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 and more power to it. If a woman wants that, that's cool. If that's her decision. But let's not force that decision on these yeah, how yeah, yeah. these roles of how the how genders are supposed to act in society they're not property they're not whatever but if hey if she wants to be a kept fucking woman and that's her decision hey good on you you know who fucking cares whatever it just tends it's very prevalent on the date on the on the on, the on the on the dating apps i didn't realize that it's what? fucking hard well, right I'm, now I'm, it's I'm, hard but it, when you work in an mba bubble and all you do is work and whatever and then if you go home and now i just go to the gym or i just fucking chill it's hard meeting people and right. then you look at like these dating apps it's fucking nightmare, man. It's a nightmare. But it makes me realize I got to get the F out of the house if anything's going to happen. Well, Sean Strickland will give you some dating advice, man. He helped out the kids yeah. from UNLV. He's like, I think you just got to grow some, I believe it was grow some hair, grow on, some your hair balls, on your balls. And then go out there and slay some. Slay some UNLV women. And then what do you say? Like, oh, like tw- when you like 10 more years or whatever, you, he's like, you'll come back. You'll be slaying that UNLV. I was like, okay, so you're telling him to get 10 years older and then then go back to the college oh, pool. They that stay the same that They do. <laughs> Why do you think I want to work God sports? You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Sean Strickland, what an adventure. Now, all right, listen. 
for all this chaos and this crazy, I mean, we know what to expect at this point. When, when Sean Strickland comes in, you're not going to get a ton of real serious And answers. I know we're going to get heat because after all the shit that he jumped on, I haven't even looked at the comments. And I, I just feel like tonight and tomorrow, we're, it's going to be again. We're used to it. We're, we understand like what Sean's going to bring, and you're able to kind of tune shit out. I know there's going to be this fucking roar of people saying, why didn't you call him out on this? Why didn't you take him to you know to, 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 to on this? Why didn't you go after him for this? I'm like... We just want to get through it. Right. Like, I'm not going to – every time I see Sean Strickland, it's not going to be my job to say, okay, Sean, it's my job to make you feel like a piece of shit for your beliefs. You already know that you're kind of a piece of shit. He says it. He says it himself. Like, he understands to get it. But, I mean, there is still the point of Sean, and he's said it on times when he admits it. He's like, I, I had a fucked up upbringing. I know I'm not right in the head. And he says things because he feels uncomfortable a lot of shit. So, I think I think there's a part of him where he's like. Defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I need to get so crazy outlandish where you're either just going to be thinking everything I think is crazy and then you're going to stop paying attention to me. Because it's when you don't say the crazy shit and when you really start to have a conversation with me that I have to start thinking about the things inside myself and that's uncomfortable. Mm. So I'd rather be blah, 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 blah. And then you just kind of stop talking to me and then I can go about my business. You go about your business. You know, I definitely, defense mechanism I think is the right. 100%. I think he believes in a lot of the shit, but I think also there's parts of it. Where he's uh, a little bit socially awkward and a little bit socially awkward, uncomfortable, and he's so he just, just trying says, to get I'll just past say things. weird shit, yeah, and and, and that's that'll be who I am. I agree 100%. with that, but but you know what's funny is like so I I don't think so I don't understand like and I get it like some of the stuff I mean I, again some of the stuff he says I think is uncomfortable I think it's dumb I think it's ill informed yeah. or, or whatever but like I I don't feel like it's my job to sit there and correct him on his beliefs like right that's his that's, that's you'd be fighting everybody in the world yeah I mean like Sean that's not unique to just Sean Strickland. There's a million people out there that have views and stuff that make me uncomfortable that I don't agree with, but it's not my thing. I'm not going to go out and be like, hey, bro, let's sit down. We're going to hash this out right now until you believe how I believe. What good is that? That's yeah, not That's not, that's not that. our job. Like, if somebody wants to have shitty fucking beliefs and come off pretty rude and pretty crazy, who cares? That's the way he feels about stuff. That's the way he feels about I, shit. I, guess, I mean, like, you just don't surround yourself with those people, you know? Um, if you're uncomfortable with the shit somebody says, just don't listen to them, you know? Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I've had a lot of great conversations with Sean, you know? I've, I, you know, as shitty as it sounds, I like the guy. I do, too. He, I mean, he has some really crazy things and, and, and very, very um, – Beliefs and ideas that are just crazy that I'm like, bro, I would never say that, and that makes me uncomfortable that you say that. But I'm like, but there's still parts of you I like. You still entertain me, you know. Would he be somebody I take home to my family? Well, part of my family would probably fucking dig what he says. So, I- <laughs> but he still would not be a guy I take home to my family and show to like people I care about because he might say something that upsets them, and then I get upset. But can I take him in, in doses and and find some enjoyment in some of the shit he says? Yeah. Can I find some of the stuff that he says off-putting? Yeah. But I don't write him off. But I also don't need to make an agenda where I need to change this guy because we can't. If if the if the whole thing of life is making everybody believe with your views, that's wrong. That's why we. See, I think why we see so many problems already right now is people are saying my view is the way it has to be. Yep. You have to believe in what I say, and if not, we're just going to keep butting our heads, and we're going to keep fighting and arguing until one of us finally gives up. You know, like, I'm much more on the side of, like, 
you know, if there's people that say shit that I don't want to be around, I just don't be around them. But I can take them in small doses. And, and even people that I find that, I can still probably find some things that we can connect on and things that I could still find that I like about that person. Mm-hmm. I inherently don't want to hate people. They might say shit that I'm like, dude, that's very hateful or whatever. It doesn't make me hate that person. I still can try to find some good in them and hopefully find the humanity of what's going on in their head to why they would say maybe some of those things. And I think we've seen that in Sean. We've seen there's reasons behind Sean. I don't think he's not a hateful person in nature. His environment has made him a certain way. And this is, I think we said, defense mechanism. Another thing, this is how he deals with what he's going through. He has a crazy occupation. And if he needs to say crazy shit to fucking ease his mind and allow him to do what it is, he's going to do that. What and, do I and, do? And by I all accounts, he really did have a terrible childhood. Yes. And I just, just remove yourself from the situation. We can't change everybody to be exactly how we want. Remove yourself from the situation and find joy in something else. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right, listen, uh, as far as picks on this, what, what, what are your thoughts? Because, um, you know. I was one of the only ones in staff that went to Abus. Did you really? I did. Wow. I, listen, I think I, I remember seeing something um, where I watched some footage of Magomedov, and I thought he was just a stud. He's got a little bit of reach. He's got a, about an inch in height. And I think he's got about an inch in reach. He's definitely got more uh, power. You he's know got what more mean? power. Or at I least mean, a history of finishing. I, and the thing with, with Strickland is that he's got durability to, 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 to get out. I mean, like, he's just – he's so durable but sean goes forward forward you punish him punish him punish him he goes forward but that's it he goes forward it's not a lot of crazy movements to the side it's not a lot of awkward movies he's not hiding stuff he's going forward and he wears these guys down now if a boost can't take a punch and if he gets flustered and he's not able to get his his game plan out if he never establishes the reach if he never establishes distance and sean puts too much pressure where he's able to kind of control that pace and magomedov never gets anything off then yeah strickland's going to probably grind it out but I think if Abus can like keep it together, I think he's got the talent and I think he's got the power to do it. I think it's going to be the lack of variety in Sean's overall game plan that will be the, his downfall. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants, he needs his person on the opposite end to tire out and to take enough damage that they stop being able to hurt him. I mean, we've seen Sean take crazy, crazy damage, and he still goes for it until he acts until he can't. You know. Um, but again, part of it too is me and me trying to play the picks game at our at our, our staff picks because everybody's picking Strickland for this. So this is one of the ones where I, f- I picked a guy that I think has a pretty darn good chance to 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 do it. So part of that is that. Part of it, I do believe that he does have a good chance, and I think Strickland is. Um, it's one thing for, to say like, oh, I see, I see the weakness in Sean's game, but if I got in the octagon with him, he'd fucking smoke me. Yep. You know, but. You put another high-level guy. I think he's going to be able to work it out. So I think this is a much more competitive fight than a lot of people believe. I, I do mean, too. He is, he's a, a, a small favorite. So I think the odds makers yeah. gave Apus the, the the proper respect. I just don't think a lot of the public is. But I think this is a lot closer fight on paper um, than a lot of people. I, I wonder I, if they did that partially because they know money's going to come in for Strickland because just Strickland being plus, Strickland I the name. So. so they just kind of set it up to where he's going to knock. So more people throw a bunch of money in Strickland instead of them just, you know. Uh, just easily going strictly and not being able to get any money on a boost. Maybe now they're trying to get some money. People trying to play the favorite, which mm-hmm. will draw the lineup a little bit, and then then all that Strickland push is going to come in. Because yep. I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be a push for Strickland towards when we get closer to the fight, and probably after today when people more people see this guy and they find out about him or he says stuff. I mean, 
love it or hate it, when people say this crazy incendiary stuff, it gets headlines. It gets headlines. It, it gets, gets face, views. It gets so that people don't even know that he's fighting on this card, all of a sudden know he's fighting on the card. And then they're looking at the guy across. Well, I've never heard of that guy. Huh. He doesn't look like anything. Oh, this American versus Russian? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay, yeah. Pfft. I'm going to put my money on that Strickland guy, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not a Russian. He's a German, and all the German <laughs> fans, like, uh, just go watch it. I mean, is he even German? Sean Strickland. Uh, Co-main event's a tough one as well. Demir Uchmogulov versus Grant Dawson. Demir, of course, who uh, had the setback last time out uh, against a very, very talented opponent in Armand Sarukin, um, and then briefly retired from the sport but came back and said – you know, um, I just love this too much. There was no way I could walk away from it. I know I need this in my life. I'm back, and now I'm ready to mow through everybody. He said that, you know, after this fight, he wants Justin Gaethje because he would, he would, he, Justin Gaethje would be light work for him. He would put in the, you know, make him pay. And so, I mean, he just crazy stuff, man. He, he, I loved hearing from him and hearing that he's definitely back in the game. Meanwhile, Grant Dawson, um, you know, I think perennially kind of underrated. You know, just. Flies under the radar a little bit, but has put together an incredible record. Uh, has done some great things. Has, has you know knocked his way into the rankings, and 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 now believes you know that uh, as he said today, man, it, that everything he's done up to this point will be a failure if he doesn't become UFC champion someday. I mean, so to hear that kind of drive and that kind of focus, man, was pretty awesome. Um, I'm torn on this one, man. I, I really am torn on this one. And you look at the odds, the odds are, are, are pretty much dead even on it as well. So, um, you know, Ishmael Gulaf was kind of the hot commodity until he had that recent setback. Dawson, I think, is, as I said, underrated. I think a yeah. lot better than people want to give him credit for. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to kind of meet and we'll see, you know, kind of this crossroads bout, I guess. Uh, man, this is this is a tough one. I'm excited for it. And to me, it's a, it's a coin flip. i got to be honest with you, I don't have a good feel – Either yeah. way, on on who should be the winner. I picked Dawson initially because, like you said, I mean he's the guy that just shows up and he wins. You know, even though people don't give him maybe the credit, it's crazy when you look at it, he's got a nineteen one and one record. Like that's ridiculous. Demir twenty four and two and zero. I mean, it's crazy when you look at their stats. I mean, like it makes sense that they're um, a co-main event. I mean, we got two guys with those kind of records. You think that more people would be more familiar with their names? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I leaned Dawson. It's funny when I once I saw Ismagulov, and I even turned around to John in the press, and I was like, "Dude, I kind of forgot about this mm-hmm. dude." And I was like, "I was like, this dude's a total badass." And, the, and the, that's when usually I started having doubts of my initial staff picks because we tend to ha- we have to have our staff picks in before uh, like 9 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. So I put my picks in I think Monday or Tuesday. Kind of you know I scanned over the fight card and kind of did my initial picks. And then I saw him, and I started doubting myself. I was like, "Man, should I should I make the switch?" And then after kind of talking to you too, I was like, "One, this is another again. This whole fight card's kind of been for me like a play to try to get back to the top. I'm five, yeah, five picks behind. Again. I closed the gap up. I was I was ten behind. And then this last weekend we had multiple events, so I was able to make up some ground. Um, but I hate to like just pick to to play the game because you know that's how I started the the year off wrong, but. And this one, I think I just picked Dossman and just toughness. He just shows up when you don't expect him to. And I think Demir's going to be the kind of fight that brings the dog out of him. Um, and we'll see good things. So I can't, after after having our little talk in the in the room, I, I think I'm going to stick with my Dawson pick. But man, um, Demir is the real deal, dude. And I'm, and I I like to say I'll withhold judgment until Friday. I, it's check one, when you see him, check him away and yep. see how they are. See if they struggled. When you see him in the face-offs, because we're actually, since it's an Apex show, we're going to see everybody. 
immediately after the weigh-in, so it's not like we got to wait till late in the evening Friday to kind of see how they are. We're going to see them shortly after the weigh-in. So um, depending on how they uh, how they look uh, and the size, I'm interested to see the size difference because um, I didn't look at the actual height, but I don't know if Dawson's – Demir's not the biggest of dudes, but Dawson's not. not the biggest. So Dawson is 5'10", 72-inch reach, 29 years old, and then Demir is – he can't be much bigger. The same, I mean, they're five both ten? five ten. Yeah. Holy cow! Seventy four. D- Does he have a two inch? Demir reach? has a two inch reach advantage. He's three years older. Whew. But I don't really th- think of him as like, oh, this crazy guy that uses that reach. So it's not like the reach is going to think a big difference. I think he wants to try to punish and get in there and get a hold of Grant. Um, here, the, I think the real key here, you know, if you look at the stats behind it, I think is going to be the interesting part. And he talked about, it, you know, Dawson a grappler at heart, and he certainly is. Uh, Dawson averages 3.89 takedowns per 15 minutes. Meanwhile, uh, Ishmagulov has a 75% takedown defense rate. Yeah. So that's I think that's where uh, a big key is going to well, be. What's funny, because you look at Dawson, you look at all these th- these uh, finishes by rear naked choke, that's because he punished them, and then he gets them onto the ground, mm-hmm. and then he finishes it off. But you look at that. Rear naked choke, Mark Madsen, who's an Olympic wrestler. Uh, Gordon, Jared Gordon, who's a fucking badass. Beat him, Leonardo Santos, Derek Minner. I mean, and as he said, he kind of he, he he you know draws people into that deep water. He kind of wears them down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I love that fight. I really do love that fight. The rest of the card. I mean, look, Max Griffin versus Michael Morales could be a really good fight. There, there's another intriguing one as well. You know, Michael Morales, this young undefeated kid. He's had a year away. He looks like an absolute stud. Yeah, he's um, and 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 he's excited for the moment. Uh, meanwhile, Max Griffin, the veteran, who's like. Uh, I love how open and honest Max is about everything. And he's just like, man, I was pissed off when they gave me this dude. I'm like, oh, I see. Like, you're trying to feed me to the, the young kid. that You're trying to get the old man beat. Like, all right, I see. I'm not that guy, you know. And then he said earlier in the week uh, he was taking a walk and he just had a revelation. He was like, no, 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 this is a gift. Like, they're giving you this, you know, young dude that everybody thinks is somebody, but he doesn't have the experience that you have. He doesn't have the knowledge that you have. And uh, this is going to be your opportunity to show him. And um, I love his belief. I love his belief, and I love, I love his, his mindset. Belief, but that there's a borderline where he's 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 walking that line of overlooking an opponent. He is carefully treading that line right now. I mean, he's he's got to watch it. I mean, if he, if he thinks that this kid has nothing to challenge him with, if he if he thinks that this is in fact a gift, and he's not, uh, and he's just like, dude, I just got to show up, and it, and it's just going to work itself out. That's a, that's a really dangerous, dangerous uh, game plan to go in against a guy that's really, really powerful. But, man, when Max is firing on all cylinders, man, Max is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had plenty of times where Max was like the guy that was like, dude, when he got on these weird streaks, he's like, dude, he's going to – he's right – title shot's going to be in his near future. And then something always comes up and it yep. sets him back, you know. But I, I love the belief in himself. He had the dope-ass hair, which he said, what, took six <laughs> hours to get six braided. Six hours to braid his hair. That's so crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, Michael Morales is the favorite in that one, by the way, and it does look like a kid with a really bright future. Uh, Ariana Lipsky and Melissa Gatto in the all-Brazilian women's flyweight matchup there. Uh, or otherwise known as the mm-mm, I was about to say, I know you're excited oh on that God, one. Oh, my God, they're so fine. <laughs> Gatto is the favorite there. Uh, Ishmael Bonfim is back after his incredible USC debut. Uh, he's a pretty heavy favorite over at Benoit Saint-Denis. Yeah. Uh, and then the I think middle. he's going to smoke him. Yeah, he definitely could. And uh, that would be unfortunate. But, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, Saint Denis is a nice enough guy, but man, his male, he's fucking he's scary. Good. He's good. He's, he's really a scary good. family. And <laughs> one that I think should be, uh, I'm really intrigued by as well. That I think should be fireworks is uh, Bruno Ferreira versus Nursultan Rujabayev, I believe. Let's see if we got it. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, we might have to go. We, to that. we might not have his pronunciation. Pronunciation. Let's see if they've got it. Uh, which this one was interesting. You were asking questions in English, which were getting tra- said to. Uh, New Sultan. New Sultan in Russian. He was answering back in Uzbeki to a guy off to the side that was then in turn answering in Russian back to the translator who translated then to English. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was a little bit it was a little bit difficult. But uh we do not have his pronunciation available yet. I'm sure they'll be collecting that today as part of his media rounds. But uh yeah, I mean, the dude's got 40-plus fights. He's like, I, I mean, there's it, uh, 2019, I want to say, he fought 13 times that year, which Holy is cow. insane. He's 29 uh, years old, too. I, he's he, a big boy, 6'4". He's younger than Fajada, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, he's been fighting a lot. I mean, and but when you look at the guy, he definitely looked like the fighter type. He didn't look like a guy that pads his number with, like, crazy whatever. But who knows? I mean, like, I mean, from the region, when they're coming to some of these – you never know what's going on in some of these like crazy Russian regions and maybe Uzbekistan regional fights, you mm-hmm. know, like numbers are weird. So yeah, maybe there are some crazy like padded fights or whatever, but when you look at the guy, he looks like a fighter. He looks definitely looks like a guy that's been in there a lot. He definitely does. So I'm anxious to see that one. We mentioned Kevin Lee and uh he not <laughs> we're going yeah, to there you go. Going to Portuguese. <laughs> uh jo-, jo Anderson Brito versus Weston Wilson. I don't know if you've seen the odds on this one, but uh Joe Anderson Brito was Opened at a minus 800 and has been wow. bet up to a minus 1400. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, were, were not, and I feel so bad for Weston because I saw his announcement that, it, that he was going to be in everybody. It was just trash. And the guy was like, Why did you get signed by the UFC? How did you make it in the UFC? This guy is not worthy of being in the UFC, which um, sucks to, for a guy that's just kind of chasing his dream. But uh, you know, a lot of people were, were very uh, upset about that. He was victorious last time out. It was under the Tough Enough banner. Uh, That's got to be it, right? It was, it was the same I mean, card that Mohamed Naimov got signed off of. Really? Um, it's got to be that. I think when people are looking at some of the, the names of these organizations that you fought on, that even though some of these other ones could be legit, like Valor fighting, some of the other ones could be like legit organizations. But I saw Tough Enough, and I was like, oh, okay, this guy's coming off the Tough Enough scene. No offense to the tough enough guys, but it just feels like, wow. It definitely feels like a big step up. Big step up. A big step up in competition, whereas Joe Anderson's been fucking doing it at the UFC level for a while now. I mean, that's tough. That's That's a tough, that's a big difference. We've seen guys come in last minute, you know, that have plenty of experience, plenty of heart, plenty of whatever. Then they get popped a couple times, like when uh, Jim Miller just got fed that dude recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's like a legit that probably I'd have to pull up that fight. I bet he fought on tough enough or something. And then he got in there and he just – it was not a good day. Yeah, so. he's fought a couple of newcomers as of late, which is kind of wild. So Yeah. Um, rounds out, you got a ranked uh, women's featherweight – well, it's women's bantamweights, but they're fighting at featherweight. Yana Santos and Carol Hosa, which I thought was a little bit weird because uh, we know the featherweight. Carol who? Hosa. I was gonna say, did you say Rosa? No, no, no. Hosa. Okay, okay, okay. Hosa. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was kind of weird because we know. I, I don't know if that was just because it was put together on short notice. Carol, I don't. Anyway, we know featherweight's going away, so I don't know if they're just if they have to be obligated to give these fighters that are featherweight, do they have to give them um, featherweight belts? Yeah, if they. I, I guess they have to, right? I guess maybe yeah. they have to, is to honor I me mean, because I think it would be easy to be like, hey, I know we, we've been fighting you at featherweight. 
Um, but, I mean, she's had Bantamweight experience, so she's not one of these ones that hasn't fought at Bantamweight. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just because of the short notice of it or whatever. But yeah. uh, but they're doing that one at Featherweight. Uh, Guram Kutataladze uh, against Elvis Brenner, which I, I like Guram a lot. I think he's got a lot of skill. Uh, Ivana Petrovich versus Luana Karolina and ranked heavyweights Alexander Romanov and Vlagoy Ivanov to start the night off. So, uh, you know, should be a decent night. Again, it's not the biggest card of all. but There's some uh, fun ones in there. But it should be a good Definitely one. And, of course, it's leaning, it's leading into an incredibly big uh, incredibly big week of international oh, fight. Oh, is there week. something so, big happening here? Yeah, you know. By the way, if you're into uh, grappling, uh, the Fight Pass Invitational is on Thursday night. Yeah. I will be there. Myself and my son will be there. Uh, so just watching. I'm not going to be doing any media obligations there, but I always like to watch some high-level grappling. So if you're looking for some grappling, that will be on UFC Fight you know Pass. Gonna, I was going to say, you know they're going to have that on Fight Pass. Yeah, but who wants to watch it at home? Let's get out of the house. I'm going to watch it at home. <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch it there. I'm trying to, well, my well, kids. Good you're spending time with your kids. I'm, so yeah, exactly. I'm not even, it's not even my wife. It's just going to be me and my son, like just kind of a, a you know, father son kind of bonding thing or whatever. She only likes that slap shit. Yeah, she's exactly. Like, she's like, is anybody slapping? She's like, if, if nobody's getting slapped in the face, I don't want to watch it, man. She's I'm like, just, I hate when people are able to defend themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I just like it when they just have to stand there and take she, it like a man. She doesn't get into grappling, man. <laughs> she, she's more into the uh, into the striking. Uh, so, yeah. but Plus, I want to see some high-level grappling. Obviously, he trains jiu-jitsu, so I want to see like the highest level and see it up close. It's different. Well, it's than what, with, it's, you know, what's watch his it, name? Craig, uh, Craig Jones Craig Jones the at event. the top. Like, yeah. You're going to see some high-level shit. To watch that up close versus on TV, um, I think is better. So yeah. you know, let him let him. It's almost like that. being able to take him to like a um, tutorial or something like yeah, to watch yeah, these yeah. guys to like you know you want to watch and you know, like I know you like this. Let's take you to see like highest level. See what it's supposed know. to look like because yeah. I mean you know you're doing it, but you know see what it's supposed to look like at the highest level. And then Especially you can when understand. The, that's what it is. It's yeah. not it's not like going to an MMA match and then seeing some high level grappling exactly. within it. That's all you're going to you see. You see pieces of Tart, it. Stop to finish, start to stop. I mean, like, it's incredible. Um, and it, and it's it's funny. When you see, like, the MMA fights when a guy immediately drops down, he's sitting on your butt, and you're like, oh, my God, stand him up. You'll see dudes literally drop to their butt immediately, and the other guy's waiting to engage. But nobody says it. That's part of the That's game. That's part of the game. That's part of what you're seeing, you know. So it's it's a different mindset. Craig Jones it. will sit down as soon as he's the thing starts. literally sit down. He will sit down as soon as it starts. <laughs> um, all right, uh... Keeping your Ultimate Fighter current. Did you watch this week's episode? I did. I did. Connor, another taking another L over five now. Well, man. I mean, dude, uh, the vets they brought in. It's interesting because all of them, you know, they left on. You know, they had their little issues why they were able to leave. But man, now after seeing like now week five and seeing five wins in a row, just you almost feel bad for the prospects. Like you're literally these guys, these prospects. They're not spring chicken. I mean, they have good experience, but man, there's just. Something different when these fights have been starting with the pros on the opposite end, knowing, I think, maybe also to just the, the severity of what this opportunity and what they need to show. And they know the fact that, hey, we only have two rounds. You got Connor after every damn event, like, <laughs> lobbying Let for him three. Go three rounds. Let him go for three rounds. Like, I this should be it. three rounds. Like, Connor, you know the fucking deal, bro. 31 seasons, bro. 31 and seasons. It's your second time coaching. <laughs> your second time coaching it. Uh, that has made me cracked up. Like, oh what? everybody God. wants to see three. Let them go three. These are unfinished fights. Like, I know he probably won the two rounds, but can you just give me a third? Chandler's uh, just talking trash to him, too. Just like, ah, not, we don't need it when we win two, buddy. Yeah. And well, I'm watching the preview next week's when they get that's physical. That's when the big push comes. So if you haven't so. been watched, I guess you want to see the. The big shove. The one that's been in all the promos from the very beginning. Uh, this is the one, I guess, uh, Lee Hammond, obviously. Uh, a lot of people very high on Lee Hammond. Of course, he's Connor's guy. He's a number one seed. He's by the way, because I was looking at that, too, by the way. 
Um, if you haven't been watching, and we talked about the very beginning, but we haven't spent a lot of time over it. They did seed everybody from the beginning. Now, granted, they had to seed them pretty quickly. Yeah. But so Michael Chandler right now is five and zero, and of the three remaining matchups, two of them are his number one seeds. Interesting. So he's still got you know. Yeah. I mean, so I well, think even I think Hammond's going to be the big one. Yeah, but I think they also made a point too to say like, oh, I know at least for Chandler's side, they were trying to say like. The seeding was important, but there was still gamesmanship. Right, and like how if we seeding. know that guy's number one, and we think we because got the a good, one fought the four, right? So the we, threes fight the two. So if he's like, if we assume that your guy, that's going to be your number one, and we've got a matchup that we think is pretty good for that, we might just put him, put him at four, four yep. just because we think that's the right matchup for yep. him. So. Yep, we'll I think that's how the first one played out. Uh, he, I think they took out one of Connor's number ones right off the bat, or something. One of the earlier fights, I think he took out his number one. Um, I could be wrong, but. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, the seat. I mean, it's funny. Like we we've, we've been talking about. I thought they've still done a pretty decent job of making Connor seem involved in these things. I know we had been hearing different things that you know practices and at times had been hard because he you know was always showing up late. But they're they're. I think the edits certainly makes it seem like he's he's there. He's present. He's involved. They still have. They showed that good moment where they were on like the rowing machine. Yeah, so yeah. They're sort of having a team bonding thing. And then he got on there as well. So, I mean, like he has these moments where he really does bond with the guys and, uh, and, uh, and I think that's, they're definitely getting their money's worth out of it. And the TV, the people get to see Connor in the show. It's, you know, it, there was a, there was a moment, a couple episodes back, and I think a lot of people probably made fun of it, but I actually thought it was pretty cool to show, Connor's kind of mental strength. It was when he was talking about like the pain, you know, and he was like, "You got to visualize the pain, yeah, and you take it out, you know, and you remove that pain from your body." I mean, I can see a lot of people looking at that, going, "Like, what kind of horse shit is that? Like, it's pain. You can't make." But that's the kind of mindset that Connor has. Like, I am visualizing this. I am going to pull it out of my body. I am going to remove it from my body, and I am not going to allow it to. It's like. That dude has mental focus on another yeah. level. You know what I mean? It is cool for, for people to see that because, look, man, this is a mental game, dude. If yeah. you can have that type of confidence, it's I – mean, 100%. Look, who doesn't second-guess themselves every day in life? Now, imagine yep. going into a cage fight against another trained killer. Like, you're going to second-guess yourself. So, And I think any anybody in any aspect, whether it be business or whatever, if you can have a chance to have something that's a proven winner in some aspect and has a mindset that's gotten them to something that you aspire – and if they give that little piece of where their head's at and how they treat situations, why not fucking soak that up, you yep. know? So, yeah, I mean, there's times, I, I, I mean, you know, say what you will about, like, you know, whether Connor was late at practice and when he was showing whatever, he's giving some gems at these guys that these guys are obviously getting something out of it. But I definitely think there's a difference in what the fighters that were training under Chandler are getting as opposed to what Connor and maybe the prospects need the mindset. They need to hearing the mindset of a guy that's a proven winner and a proven just superstar in the sport. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, uh, the pros don't need – I don't need your mental whatever, little whatever. I need technique. I need the tricks. I need I need something to sharpen my, my overall thing, you know, my overall game. Whereas the prospects, they want the technique. They want the stuff. But they also want that motivation that's going to take them to the next level. Right. And that's why I think that the the the, the, the combination of the teams and the, who they have over top of them, it worked out really, really unique. And it worked out perfect. So um, I can't fault um, – Connor, because he's obviously giving stuff to the the prospects that they like. Um, I I don't blame the losses on Connor's coaching. 
I think it's just a matter of you tough have prospects matchups. going into absolutely tough matchups. I think that's a great point because if you're not actually watching the show and you're just hearing Connor 0-5, you must be doing a crap job. Right. I don't think that's fair. No, because Connor's got great coaches there with him. Yeah. I mean, and they're doing a lot of the work. It's just you got prospects going up against guys that have already been to the highest level where these guys are trying to get to. You know, like they're coming in as uh, – they wouldn't ever admit it and say that they're coming in as the underdogs, but they're coming in as underdogs. You know, they're fighting guys that have been there. So I don't fault anything in terms of, like, you know, what the overall level because I think the guys, all of them coming in are all studs. They have great athletic skill and they already have good technique. Um, I just blame – the fact of, you know, you're just running into a bigger dog that night that just has a, fight, a better fight, you know. These guys are having great moments. Um, even the last one, the, the fight with, with Brad. I mean, like, the, there were some of those rounds that while Brad was on top, you know, controlling so I could see where Judge leaned that way, he wasn't doing a lot of damage. In mm -hmm. fact, you know, the guy on the ground was actually getting some really, really good shots. It's just it's tough when you're not able to get up and establish yourself back on your feet because then the judges are like, oh, okay. You know, you're you're sitting here underneath taking shots. Yeah, you're giving some shots back, but that's got to be a bad show. So I can see where if there was ever a fight that possibly started leaning toward Connor would maybe get his third uh, round. This was definitely the closest, but it still in my mind was close. It was it was 100% two two rounds to 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 Brad. So it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't fault the judging or I mean the the coaching for why these prospects are leaving, losing I just think they're running into better fighters on the night you I, know? I completely agree with that so uh it's, but it's it, good though if you haven't I have been enjoying the show like I said I watch it every year anyway I know a lot yeah. of people don't I watch it anyway um but if if you're not one that watches and you haven't been watching this season uh the previous show that the 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 famous push that we see uh is in the next episode so if you want to tune in for that one do that i do like what's well, funny i do like the uh the fact of um having the little sort of teaser beforehand that we can watch it because i can fast forward i still find myself fast forwarding so do you really i do so like if you're watching <laughs> it live i would say maybe wait till afterwards if you're the kind of guy like me that wants to be able to skip through some of the like the uh like if they're sitting in the the kitchen talking like i'm like uh, i just kind of want to fast forward through some of that shit but if you're watching it live you can't fast forward but if you watch it after the fact where you can dvr through it some of that shit i never i never find myself watching it all the way like uh at real-time speed, I fast-forward through something. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Hey, listen, I did want to uh, real quickly mention this PFL situation. But a, a trick to that is that when you get to the fight, if you are fast-forwarding, you see how much time you know left, exactly you kind of tell how the in. fight's going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's why I try not to, so I don't really know how much is left. <laughs> so I don't, that way I don't know exactly what That's it is. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, listen, this PFL situation, I did want to briefly mention it. So uh, I tweeted the other day um, that I, I didn't really like the decision they made, and I stand by that, that I, I don't like the decision they made. Of course, uh, if you're, I think most people are probably familiar with the situation at this point, but um, – you know, Natan Schulte and House Manfield, uh had a fight. They're friends, they're really, really good friends, um, godfather of each other, kids. And, I mean, this, the relationship is extensive. Uh, the fight turned out less than uh, competitive, I guess you would say. And the PFL came in afterwards and suspended both of them for having a, a non-competitive fight um, and, and ended up removing Natan from the playoffs. Uh, and I, it did um, allow Shane Burgos back in. Um, it actually got brought up today at the at the, uh, at the, at the media day. Uh, Grant Dawson was asked about it, and he admitted his frustrations with it. I did have a chance to talk to some people behind the scenes, all off record, um, and and you know this was. But basically, the way it was relayed to me is that this was not qualified from the PFL's point of view as a bad fight. It was qualified as a non-fight, uh, and because they viewed it as a non-fight, 
uh, it was in violation of the contract, and, and they took the steps that they believe necessary to protect the sanctity of the tournament. Um, and I'll be honest with you, and I even said that in my initial tweet, that I do applaud them for trying to keep the sanctity of their results and the tournaments uh, intact. Because, because of the way their system is set up, if two fighters were to collude together, like for instance, you know, if there was a certain situation where, you know, fighters mathematically figured out that, hey, if we just go to a decision, you know, we'll shut out so and so that can't get in. You know, I, I don't know what the how the exact math would situation yeah. were, but if they figured out, hey, if if I beat you in this round, we both go through to the playoffs, yeah. or if we do this, so hey, let's do that. Like I need four points, so I need to get this. Right, you're four points. You're, you're already, already in because you got in. six. Yeah, you got six last time out. So if you lose, but I get four, then we both qualify. And we shut out. So and we so shut that's out that. in the back because they make a big point to put them on the screen as they're sitting there watching yep. the fight and they're seeing the outcome, but to know that someone can easily. Yep. So because of that, yep. I do applaud them for their, you know, decision in that way to protect the sanctity of the terms. However, and I said it this way, I do think in this particular situation they have to take a little bit of responsibility for the matchmaking that they made. I mean, yep. it was not unknown that these two guys absolutely did not want each, to fight each other unless they absolutely had to. The the depth of their relationship has been the the subject of many pre-fight video pieces. Uh, uh, you know, that have gone in there so much so that the, the the you know the commentators as the fight were unfolding like weren't completely shocked by what was unfolding. They were just like, "This is what happens when it's somebody that you're a very familiar with and b that you're friends with." So um, I, I just want to stand by that. I, I you know I think a lot of people are saying, "Well, they just wanted to uh, you know sneak Burgos into the playoffs." I don't think that's really what the PFL did here. The PFL has a, a, a number of free agent signings that didn't make the playoffs, and they're not trying to shift things around. And while they're very high on Burgos, I don't think they're so high on him that they were willing to, you know, we got to slide him in. He's going to be the difference between whether or not this season is profitable or this season is valuable. But um, so I get it. It was kind of a tough situation for them, and I guess maybe um, – I guess maybe I understand their rationale a little more. I wish they would talk on record about it. I wish they would actually have a conversation. The executives of the company would actually have a conversation about it. So far, they're not. They're just saying to anybody that, that asks, uh, just go check out the, the our original statement. That says everything. Uh, I don't like that. I wish it was. Yes, I know which it does. It yeah, says nothing. It's yeah. It's like uh, we are aware that there is an issue, and we'll be looking into it. Like you know, I mean, just I, I don't know. So I I think they dropped the ball here, man. I really I yeah. understand. It's it's a weird thing because I, a lot of people are accusing them of being crooked. I do not find them to be crooked. Uh, I do not find that what they're trying to do here is to be shady. I think they are actually trying to do the right thing here. But I think in this particular situation, given that they made the matchup between the two friends, I just wish maybe they would say, hey, you know, Take some responsibility, take some own responsibility. up for it, and say, look, yep. we're going to reinstate yep. Natan in this one. But just FYI, you know, maybe we rush to judgment here. But guys, gals, we want everybody to see this is how serious we are about your performances here. You know, we cannot allow anybody to make an agreement to collude, to work together, to affect the outcomes of fights in our organization. Because, But even with that, to make an agreement to collude, there has to be proof of that. True. You can't. You can't just say. I'm pretty sure they probably worked something out, without proof. I mean, I know this isn't a, a, a legal or a court thing, but there is a precedent that they set. I right. mean, and the idea of like you win, you move forward. You can't just backtrack and say, oh well, there was a possibility. I just didn't like how it went, and 
you know, we we want to make sure that there's nothing, there's no fight fixing, no whatever. I mean, we have no proof that anything happened. You but know, we just we have think two, they did. We just think that yeah, something ha- was fishy. Had the commission said yeah. something, right? Now you're in a different position. That, it's the commission's and, job to say whether some shit acted up. Right? And and I get what they're doing because this is unique. Like for ever, for, for any other fight organization, if two people fix a fight, yep. that really only affects that fight. Yep. Because of the PFL's format, it affects everybody in the people. division. It affects yep. a lot of people. So I get why they're so aggressive with this. And but it's double punishment for, like, Natan. One, you're taken out of the thing, and now your chance to win that million dollars is gone, gone. as well. It's not that you're just, uh, you just lost your, your fight bonus or whatever for that night. You're, in effect, you are done. You're, yeah. this, this tournament is now over. Your shot at that million is done from it, – Nothing that we can show. And, oh, that by you've the way, a former winner that's done it before. Yes. So it's not as if you're saying, "Well, I mean, of course he has a shot, but what was yeah. he really going to do?" Like, like, no, the guy's done it before. He's so done it. You might have just taken a yeah. million dollars out of his pocket. It's so crazy. I just, it's I just, not a good look. And we saw today. Remember, it was a Grant Dawson that Grant was just Dawson, like, yep. he's like, ban- or not banned, boycott, boycott, boycott PFL. I think it just sucks because they've done yeah. so much. I've been such a supporter of their product, yeah. and 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 I, you know. It just it, it, this one hurt, man. It just feels like it was a bad decision. It feels yep. like it throws their whole format and their whole situation into into question. It's a turn one. I just I, I wish they would, would slow down a little bit and say, because did you hear anybody after that fight? Was was there any kind of out you know no, backlash or outcry of like they didn't even give it a chance for it to happen because it was like the decision was made by like the next day. Yes, like they they gave they gave it no chance for the fight to breathe and have people say, oh, there was something fishy or I just didn't like it. People just been like, oh, that fight sucked. And then they get on with their day. Yeah. And then it's done. Well, it was two friends, so what did you think? They and brought it to light. By their, them making that decision, they threw it in everybody's face. And I got everybody saying, like, yes, it was a shitty fight. But, yep. dude, what you guys did was ten times worse than what we just saw. And, dude, like, think about it. Like, it's so crazy because – and I, man, I didn't even think about this. It just dawned on me right now. This is one thing. Is in, the, in, the, in the gentleman that I was talking to, one of the conversations I was having, I said, look, here's the thing that bothers me about this is that as much as we all, as, as fans of the sport, do try to say, hey, this is a sport. It's a sport. It's a sport. It is a sport. But it is hand-to-hand combat. Right. It is a fist fight. And so, you know, I see a lot of people going, well, don't sign up for the season if you're not willing to fight everybody in it. I get that. From a, you know, from a point of view, you, you are right about that. You're not in, inaccurate about that. But it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. To go in there and punch a friend. And I think about, you know, you guys that went through the Train Alta program, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not easy. Like, right. and, and you guys are just dudes that, like, spent 10 weeks around yeah. each other or whatever. I didn't want to fight my buddy. I was going to let you know. Yeah. My buddy hit me up to say, hey, by the way, we can get tickets for Sunday that we want to go to this game. Yeah, yeah. So this is my buddy that works for, like, the Aviators. So I'm like, I didn't want to fight him then, but right. they kept trying to push. I was like, bro, I, this is the only guy really got close in this class. It's like, I don't do it. He's not my god, my kid's godfather. Right. He's not my longtime training partner that I, you know, blood, sweat, and my, my brother. Yeah, you trained together for three months. And I didn't want to and fight like, him. I don't want to fight this dude. I, I'm like, I like him. So it's like, a lot easier to be like, just, you know, oh, man, you got to be willing to fight anybody. Cool. We did. We went in there. And, and I honestly, was it a shitty fight? Yeah, it was. Did they make a complete mockery of it? Like, I mean, maybe, like, maybe they could have been a little bit more aggressive in the grappling because at that point, you know, you're, I mean, you could break a leg or I mean, you, but you have less chance of hurting somebody than you do yeah. like a concussive blow. So maybe if they'd have, hey, hey, you know, maybe we're not going to punch each other in the face a lot, but less. But but again, even then, that's more colluding than what yeah. I think they did. You, you know what I mean, bro? I'm going to take your back right now. Yeah. Here. <laughs> take 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 my neck. Take my neck. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I'll be honest. I I didn't like it, and I'm not saying it taints everything and that and they're gonna go away and blah 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 blah. But this was a bad decision, yeah. and I just hope 
you know, if they're not willing to go back on it, and I get it, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not willing to, they, what's done is done. We got to move forward. You know, we think we did the right thing. I just hope they'll at least soak in everything, soak in all the feedback. Soak in all the criticism and don't allow themselves to be in a position like that again and to maybe take safeguards against this. Like, you know, again, had this fight happened in the playoffs, well, at that point the seeding is the seeding. What are we supposed to do about it? But those those preliminary matches, and I think it was Danny Rubenstein that had like a great point where it was like, hey, man, you know what they should do is just like announce the season when the season starts. Like what are the regular season fights? If you want to be a real sport, every other real sport has. Now, granted, things change. People get hurt, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't do it exactly that way. But it just did seem like a really weird decision to make these two dudes fight against each other when, like, yep. you kind of knew this was this, the the outcome that happened was more likely than unlikely. Yeah, and I think just the lasting thought on it is that when people look back on this situation, who's gonna have the the take the bigger black eye for this incident? And it's not gonna be the two fighters. It's gonna be the way that PFL handled. Point. People are just gonna be like, all they're gonna remember is that PFL made a bad decision on this, you know, and. Nobody, that's the crazy thing about the fight. They should Great have just point. let the fight happen, and people would have forgot about it. But nobody people, would have said a word. Nobody would remember it. They just It would be a blip on the screen, and at some point until somebody brought up how that was a shitty fight, and they'd be like, yeah, that was. And then they move on. I but can't now imagine it, it anybody, a spectacle. I can't it. even imagine anybody in the division yeah. would even say something. Yeah, they would Because – they know because those fighters know, man. You fight your best friend. It's not going to be a great yeah. fight. I wish I could find it, man. I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. And I think it took place in a Q&A, which is why I couldn't find it. And I guess maybe nobody wrote a story about it. But I remember GSP one time saying that, like, he, you know, how do I fight a friend? I think it was in regards to potentially fighting Nate Marquardt, if I remember the situation right. If anybody could find it to me and send it to me, I'd love to see it. But I remember this quote because it stood out to me. He was Boy, like, if there's a guy that needs a punch in the face, it's Nate, Nate Marquardt. <laughs> He's certainly a loving individual. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> but I remember GSP saying, like, you know, you go in there, and yes, it's not a lot of competition. But let's say I get to, you know, I, I get to fight to the ground, and I'm in that mount position, and I'm throwing shots, and I need to throw a couple of more elbows to his yeah. head. to or get the, any elbows. To How get hard the, is it to yeah. throw one elbow? He's like, yeah, I'm, I need yeah. to do that to finish the fight. Am I going to be able to elbow my friend in the head that's sitting here? And he's like, no. And this is George St. Pierre, whose opinion is widely respected throughout yeah. the sport as one of the, the great speakers and great representatives of it. And he's like, I could never do that. And yeah. um, I was looking for it because I wanted to fight it, but I, I, I couldn't find it. Um, so if anybody finds that clip or remembers I think that it's clip, just I'd easy. love to see people, it. People will understand that side of things. I think people understand the fact of like, man, how hard was that for them to be in that situation? But the honorable thing would have just let the UFC or the PFL to just accept the results of the fight, look for that at the beginning, and try not to match make those matchups randomly like that again in the future. I mean, yep. And people understand it. People get it. As much as fighters that night were like, dude, this is a really shitty fight. They should be kind of embarrassed for themselves. That They get it. Yep. They're still a part of them. They understand and they get it, you know. And, and if not, they just haven't been in that close of a situation, you know. 100%. I mean, it's definitely more than just training partners. I mean, like the relationship these two have, I mean, it's legit and it's deep, you know. So yeah. I think it, I think the – Because I totally get that. The ones who are like, yeah. oh, well, we, we cross-trained once, so I don't want to fight them. Yeah. Sorry. Like, or we come from a big mega gym. We both happen to be in AT, AT&T yeah, yeah, yeah. circle at the same time. We're in the same orbit, but like, oh, there's 150 of us yeah, in yeah. there training. We rolled night. twice, so I don't want to fight the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, bro. That's silly. You know, that's silly. But this this was a different situation. This was a unique situation, and I just – I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, listen, last thing I want to say real quick. Uh, Chris, Chris Lencioni, man. Uh, man, having a hard go right now, so just keep him in your thoughts. Um, if you can donate. Man. 
brain damage as a result of a heart attack. Apparently his heart wasn't pumping correctly uh, and suffered brain damage because of it. Uh, I was reading the article I think Stephen Morocco put out today at, at uh, MMA Fighting. Um, but said uh, three weeks into his hospitalization, uh, his medical bills are well over $300,000, which is just ridiculous, number one. Yeah. I, our, our, I don't even get me started on our medical system. That's insane. Um, but it, but beyond the financial struggles, like I mean, he's going through physical struggles right now. So um, just keep him in your thoughts because that dude, if you ever spent any time around him, uh, a great dude, man. I mean, there, there's a reason he's sunshine, man. That dude uh, had great energy and – uh, it is unfortunate to see what he's going through. So I just want to give um, quick attention to that because it, it, it definitely needs it. Like I said, if, if nothing else, um, you know, try to send some positive energy his way. But if you can contribute in any way, uh, his family is going to be facing an uphill battle, assuming uh, he can recover fully. So incredibly unfortunate situation. Uh, hate to end on a little note, but uh, definitely didn't want to let the episode go, go by without saying that. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody that supports us over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. If you can help us out over there, uh, we certainly do appreciate that. Uh, it would give you exclusive access to the and a half episodes, mm-hmm. and, and we definitely appreciate those, which uh, which come out basically just uh, every week because there's a UFC show every week. <laughs> every week. Every week. Uh, if not, at, at the very least, if you can take a second to uh, rate us, review us, leave us some positive feedback, that helps us out as well. Uh, but more than anything, just enjoy the fight. Let's get ready for International Fight Week. It's going to be nuts. It's yeah, going to be yeah. crazy. It's going to be a busy schedule. Let us know if you're coming out for the UFC X or something. If you guys yeah. are coming in town for International Fight Week, uh, let's try to get together. I love it. We'll get, maybe have a little frosty beverage. Yes. We, we tend to do that from time to time. From time to time. Like today. Like today. Shots hey. of tequila to start the day. Hey. Cold coffee is getting a little bit wild. Still yeah, have a little bit, little bit of that this. leftover VGK tequila, baby. That's it. Bringing in the bringing in the Stanley <laughs> Cup. I mean, we had to celebrate City of Champions. Thanks for listening.